Okay, so let's learn. All right, so uh, so this is Parashat. There's uh, there's a few mitzvahs, but um, I figure we might as well talk about the hardest one. So Paraduma, uh, there we go. So in the, in the beginning of Parashat Chukas, as we know, so this Chukas the Torah. So the Torah tells us about the uh, the concept of Paraduma. A person is uh, Tommy Mace, right? And because of that, he can't uh, go into Beis Hamikdash or you know eat uh, truma, eat karbanas, whatever the situation is. So he wants to become tahar. So there's a process of uh, a paraduma. You process the paraduma. You sprinkle the paraduma over the course of seven days. He becomes tahar. Now the truth is, there's um, it's in the tenoyim. It's tenoyim and uh, it's amroim as well, whether there's an actual mitzvah to become tahar. So let's say, let's say you're a Yisrael, for example, and there's nothing really compelling you uh, to become tar. You never, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not by base amigdash and so on. You don't need it. Uh, we'll see soon. Even even in situations where you have to travel to the base amigdash, there's there could be ways around it. So you don't you don't want to become tar. Do you have a mitzvah to become tar? So this is machlekes tanoim. It's machlekes amaroim. We pass in the halacha that no, there's no obligation to become tar. If you so choose, then this is the process to do it with the paraduma. You don't have to become tar. There's, there's, there's only to actually have to use the paraduma. Um, there's only two scenarios. Yeah, there's only two scenarios where a person would have to go through the process of of of, um, of hazal's paraduma of being sprinkled by the paraduma, and that was a kain gadol before Yom Kippur. Seven days before Yom Kippur, Mafrishin Kain Gadol. The Mishnah says in the beginning of Seches Yuma that the Kain Gadol was separated for seven days before Yom Kippur to repair for the Avaida. And we learn out from Sukkim that part of that was that, that he had Azos Meipara, that the Paradum was sprinkled upon him during those seven days. So that he couldn't get away with not going through. So that, that, that you have to have. And also there's another halacha we'll see soon that any Paraduma um, to be processed, so the Kain that that processes the paraduma, he himself has to be sprinkled with the par- with the preceding paradumas, right? So, so they find a new paraduma, whatever it is, but they have uh, we'll see soon they have backup ashes from previous from his, you know old uh, paradumas. So the kain the kain or it was usually a kain gadol the kain gadol that processed the paraduma. This current one had to be sprinkled by the previous ones. Again, that's another scenario that he had to go through. Hazos paraduma, but uh, the average kind of becomes tameh. So we'll see. You know, other kahanim take up his his job, Yisraelim as well. So, but uh, those scenarios of a kain gadol from Gipper or a kain processing a uh, new paraduma, they have to go through the tahara of paraduma as well. So let's uh, so we'll investigate a little bit. You know, kameitz menachrakim just. Uh, you know, looking looking into the cracks a little bit, this mitzvah paraduma. So, Marmokah number one is first we'll go a little bit in the halacha to understand exactly what the, the if this is a mitzvah in fact. I mean, there's, a, there's certainly halachas of paraduma, but is it a mitzvah to have a paraduma? So, we'll, we'll see that in halacha, then we'll see where it takes us. Those that have very good memories will remember that I spoke about this. I, I, <laughs> I realized this after I prepared it. I spoke about this. Uh, Parshas Chukas last year. So, Ein Beis Menish Bloi Chiddush, there'll be new things, but uh, if you have good memories, it'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be familiar. So, Marmokah number one is, uh, again, the Ramam and Sefer Mitzvahs. Mitzvahs Hasei Kuf Yud Gimel. So, the Ramam says like this, he, he, he does count Paradum as a mitzvah, and the way he 
sort of establishes it and, and uh, you know and, and 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 puts it in Sefer Mitzvahs is the following: Shetzivanu laases paraduma that we're commanded to make and to process the paraduma. Kedeshia fara mezuman in order that its uh, ashes should be prepared and ready for anyone that needs it. Again, like I said before, most scenarios you don't have to use it, but if you want it, it should be available. But the paraduma, it says in Pasuk, should be as an aid, it should be as a testimony, it should be an aid, as something that, that is. So it should be there, and Ezra Kalah should have a paraduma, if one's available, we should process it. And again, says the Rambam, in order that it should be available for use. That's the way the Rambam puts it in Sefer Mitzvahs. That's the Rambam Sefer Mitzvahs, that's the Sefer Chinuch. But there's a mitzvah to process the paraduma in order that it should be available for use. That's the way the Rambam puts it. Now, what's interesting is, I didn't bring this down, but it's interesting in the um, in, in, in Mishnah Torah, in the beginning of Hilchas Paraduma, so the, I mentioned this once that before every section of halacha, the Rambam chazes over very quickly in like one or two lines the mitzvahs that are going to be discussed in that section. So right before Hilchas Paraduma, so the Rambam says, okay, we're you know Hilchas Paraduma is coming now, and uh, contained in that are two mitzvahs. One mitzvah is the Rambam calls it Din uh, Tumas Meis. In other words, is uh, the, not that a person should become Talmud. Din Tumas Meis. We spoke about this once in one of the mitzvahs that according to the Rambam, there are certain things that are counted in mitzvahs not because you have to do them or to stay away from them, but concepts are also counted in mitzvahs. This is, sugis in Torah could be counted in 613. There's a sugi that's called Tumas Meis. Right? And the halachas that, that revolve around Tumas Meis, that's the mitzvah. In other words, to, uh, to acknowledge the existence of such a sugi, but not necessarily that you have to do anything. just... Tomas Meis. So says the Rambam, in Hilchas Paraduma, you're going to have two mitzvahs discussed. Din Tomas Meis and Din Paraduma. That's the way the Rambam puts it. Din Paraduma. Which is interesting. That's a different way of describing the mitzvah than what he says in Sefer Mitzvahs. So again, in Sefer Mitzvahs, it's not just the sugi of Paraduma, the concept. There's an actual activity that we're commanded to, to embark in, which is to process the Paraduma. The Rambam in, in Mishnah Torah seems to maybe change his mind or change it a little bit that the mitzvah is not to force us to do anything if you don't want to process it. But the, the sugya, paraduma, the concept that, that, that if you do process it, this is the way to do it and this is how it works, that's the mitzvah. But I'll put a upon him the way the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvah is putting it, that there is an actual obligation. The obligation is to prepare the ashes uh, for, for use if people need it. Now, what's interesting is, is in Maramukkah number three, the, um, I'm sorry, Maramukkah number two, the, we have another language, not from the Rambam, but from the Rabbeinu Sajigain. Rabbeinu Sajigain also wrote a Sefer Mitzvahs, and his, his Sefer Mitzvahs is much more uh, terse. But the language that he uses is as follows. Again, Minya Mitzvahs to Rasag, he says like this, Upara l'mishmeres b'tadar. Right away, it might not seem too different. We'll see in a second. Uparla Mishmeres Pateda says, says Rabbeinu Sajikain that one of the mitzvahs, one of the 613, is to have a paraduma always uh, uh, Mishmeres. It should be uh, Shamur. It should be designated. Uh, paraduma, the ashes of a paraduma, should always be designated and set. Mishmeres Pateda. What is, what is Rabbeinu Sajikain referring to? So the background is as follows. If you take a look at Marmokka number three, so there's a Mishnah in Mesechus Parah. 
The, uh, there's a last Mishnah in the third parak of Masechus, Paragil Mishnah Yidalef. So the Mishnah over there, the whole parak over there is talking about how to, again, processing the Paraduma. And at the very end it says, okay, when you have all the ashes ready, so it says in the Mishnah like this, that the ashes of any Paraduma were divided into three, three parts, three thirds. Echad Naisin Mechayel. One third was placed in the in the base of an area that's called the Chayel. The Echad Naisin Bahar Mishcha. One was outside the base of itself was was held by the, the Har Mishcha, a mountain opposite the base of Megdash. The Echad Haymischak Luchal Mishmaris, and the following, the last third was divided amongst all the Mishmaris, all the, the all the Kahanim that were on duty in the base of Megdash throughout the year. That they were in charge of the last third. So you have these three thirds. One is a third is in the Chayel, a third is in the Har Mishcha, and one is distributed amongst the Kahanim that happen to be working in the base of Migdash throughout the, throughout the time. So and okay, so that's what the Mishnah says. Now the Mishnah doesn't explain what each third is for. So the Rishonim bring down from a Tesefta, but this is how it says: Marmaka number four, the Rash, the Rash Mishans, this Pirish, the one of the Rishonim. So. Uh, from Ashkenaz. So he, uh, one of the Rishonim, the, the Rosh's commentary to the Mishnah, so he says as follows, mm-hmm. The third, the, uh, the final third that the Mishnah records, the last third that was divided amongst all the Kahanim, that was the one that was in use for Kal Yisrael, that was the third that any regular Yisrael that comes to the English that wants to become Tar with the Paraduma, it was that third that was used. Okay. What about the, again, the, the, the other third that was kept by the Haramishcha? What was that for? That was something, says the Rash, that the Kahanim used. So, in other words, if Yisrael needs the Paraduma, it used one third. If, uh, if Kahanim needed the Paraduma, they would use the other third. And the other third, the first one mentioned in the Mishnah, that was kept in the Chayel, that wasn't for any particular use. That was just kept. It was just watched. It was just it was just sat there. Shenamar and it's gzeras hakasav that at least a section of the paraduma ashes should just be a mishmeres. It should just be watched. It should just be sitting. Shenamar v'haisel adas b'nei yisrael lemishmeres. That it should be <coughs> again an edus for kal yisrael and a mishmeres. That's what the Rosh says, and that's again. This is not. He's not making this up. This is based on how the Tesefta explains the Mishnah. So going back, this is the Pashtas, this is what Rabbi Nisadjagon is referring to. Uparu l'mishmeres b'teder, where Rabbi Nisadjagon is describing the mitzvah of Paraduma, but he's specifically singling out that the mitzvah of to process the Paraduma is specifically for that third that's just supposed to sit there and not, and not necessarily be used. In other words, the way the way the Nisadjagon seems to explain the mitzvah is that, I, mean, I guess we'll see soon, but uh, the, 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 he, he, he would seem to be, the, the, you know, the, the ashes of the paraduma that are functional, that are actually used for whether it be Yisraelim or Kahanim, that he's not counting as the mitzvah. The specific part of the paraduma that's counted as the mitzvah is a specific third of the ashes that are, that are never in use, which is very strange. I mean, the whole point of the paraduma is that it should bring tahara. So for whatever reason, there's exerts a kusuf that there should be a third of ashes that are not in use. That's exerts a kusuf. But to say that that's the ikra mitzvah, it's a little bit strange. So, so things like this. Was that third that was kept in the chayel, that was lemishmeres, was it taka never used at all? 
Again, the way the Rosh, we, we saw the Rosh in a moment ago in Marwaka number four, it sounds like, yeah, I mean, Yisraelim use one third, Kahanim use another third, and that's pretty much all you got. So what's left for the final third? So the truth is, there is a Machlekes Rishonim regarding that final third. Was there any usage of it? So the Rosh himself, in Marmukha number five, the Rosh in, in the first Mishnah of that Parak Paragimel, so the first Mishnah over there references a halacha that I mentioned before, which is that, uh, seven, that, um, that the halacha is that a Kayan that's processing a new Paraduma, he himself has to be sprinkled with all the ashes of, of every Paraduma that came before it. So the Rosh over there in that Mishnah is talking about like, how do we have ashes from all the old Paradumas? Like, where you, how, how do we make sure that we can, uh, we can keep a trace of all of that? So says the Rosh like this, Umazen Olav Kol Now, by the way, this halach is not only, this idea of, again, sprinkling the Kayan with all the old Paradumas, this is for the Kayan that's making the new Paraduma, and that's also true for the Kayan Gadol for Yom Kippur. So not only did the Kayin Gadol before Yom Kippur have to be sprinkled for seven days to make sure he's tar for Yom Kippur, he had to be sprinkled for seven days from all the Pardumas that ever were. And so both the Kayin Gadol before Yom Kippur and the Kayin making a Parduma have to go through this Tahara from all the old Pardumas. So says the, the Rash, Umazen Olav kol shivasayamim mikol yisham. So that's a quote from the Mishnah that you would you would uh, sprinkle on the paraduma. On, I'm sorry, on the kain gadol or the kain making the new paraduma from all the chatois, from all the paradumas that came before. Mikol paro para says the Rash. The Rash is explained. Like, how do we make sure that we have uh, <coughs> leftovers from all the old paradumas? So mikol paro para says the Rosh, well, the way is, is because every single pardum that was made, there was a section of it that was kept lemishmeres, that was kept watched and untouched. And so that was the supply that you were able to make sure that you could go back. It could be, it could be centuries after the pardum was processed, but you know that you have a section of the paraduma that's kept intact. In other words, what the Rosh is referring to is that third that was kept in the Chayel that wasn't for Yisraelim and it wasn't for Kahanim, it was just to sit there as a mishmeris, and says the Rosh, that was the third that you would then use for any kind gadol every year, and for making a new paradumah because that's where you had a guaranteed supply of old paradumas. This is the sheet of the Rosh and Rashi himself as well. Maramaka number six, Rashi Maseches Yuma, Alf. Again, the Mishnah over there talks about the Kayan Gadol before Yom Kippur having to go through Paraduma, the Tower of Paraduma. And over there also the Gemara says that this idea that the Kayan Gadol had to be sprinkled with every preceding Paraduma. So says Rashi, He says specifically that the, that the way you had a Paraduma from centuries ago is because, well, the third that was used for Yisraelim, that could get, that could get used up. The third for Kahana was used, but that third that was sitting in Mishmeris, it wasn't to be touched. And so, you, you, you know, to use it a little bit once a year for a Kain Gadol, it's not going to use it up. And so, Mimela, that's what, uh, that's what they used to do, and that was the thing that was, the thing that was, always, that was always used. In other words, what comes out from this is, is that at least according to the Rash, and according to Rashi, this final third that was used, that was sitting in the Chayel for a Mishmeris, did have a use. Its use was, in fact, for the Kain Gadol for Yom Kippur, and any new Kain, any new Paraduma. 
And so that's, that's what comes out. So in other words, practically speaking, one-third was for Yisraelim, one-third was for Kahanim, and one-third was for, again, before Yom Kippur, the Kain Gadol, and making a new Kain, and making a new Paraduma. Based on this, so we have a peerish on uh, the Sefer Mitzvah of Rasaji going by Rabbi Yochum Fischl Perlau. He was one of the, it was an amazing story about him. He, uh, he was a Rav, you know, he was a genius of geniuses. But he was a, a Rav, like a little shtetl somewhere in Europe, you know. Mamish unknown, a little dwarf, mamish uh, nothing. And then he was working, you know, as a Rav in those places, he didn't have much, uh, didn't have much, uh, it wasn't a hard, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't much work for him. I mean, he, you know, to prepare Shavu Sagal Drash, Shavu Drash, he was a, He's a genius. Dancer Shiloh is not a, such a big deal. That was pretty much the job. So he just sat and learned. And he produced the, these three thick volumes of a whole super commentary on Rasadji Goyen Sefer Mitzvahs. And it's not just on Rasadji Goyen Sefer Mitzvahs. It's Kol Tar Kula. It's, 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 on, it's on all of Tyre. And he, like, he printed it without, and just it, it came on the scene of, of the Torah world. And it like, took everyone by storm. Like, it never, no one ever heard of this, uh, this Rav in some little shtetl somebody's Ramesh. A guy of Gainim. So eventually made he made his way to Eretz Yisrael. He wrote others for him too. So, so he says like this. So he's bothered with the question that we said before. That Rav Gain again is categorizing the mitzvah of processing a paraduma. And the language of Rav Sajigayin was upar l'mishmeres betader, indicating that the ikr mitzvah is to create is to process the paraduma and specifically the ashes that are going to be kept in the chayil for a mishmeres. So the question is, of all the ashes, that's the one that's not that's that, that's not in use. So the holy Nepardum is to bring tahara. That's the, that, those are the ashes that don't bring tahara. So what's the tachlis? Why would that? If you want, it's exerzakos. If I understand, but that's the mitzvah. That's the ikar mitzvah. So based on the Rash and based on Rashi, that no, even though it was it was it, was, it wasn't the most common of use, but it did have the function in terms of preparing the kohen for Yom Kippur and preparing the kohen to make a new paraduma. Says Rabbi Yochanan Shapurla like this: Vimkain Muvor. So it comes out from this. If we think about it, Shakol Hamuktam Muktam B'Maila. So he he points out if you take a look at if you go back to the third Maramakam where the Mishnah in Maseches Paras quoted when it talks about dividing up the Paradum ashes into three parts. So the first third that's mentioned is Echad Naisin B'Chayil, right? That was the one that was kept L'Mishmeres. The Echad Naisin B'Har Mishcha. That was the section that was kept for Kahanim. And the third one, that was, that was for all the, the Kahanim to use for all of Kalah Yisrael. So why does the Mishnah break it down in that order? Why mention the Chayel first and then Har Mishcha and then the Mishmaris? So says Yeruchim Fisher like this, The answer is, the Mishnah is listing in order of Maila. The first third mentioned is the one that's the most Chashev. Why? Because the third, that's the most chashiv, was in fact the one that was kept in the chayil. Because that was the third. And as, and as it says in Ruchim, it's not the pshat that, that was just kept there and these are the things that we need it for. It was kept for these most chashiv things. Most chashiv things, preparing a kayin of Yom Kippur and preparing a kayin to make a new paradum. Vasheni. The second one in Cheshivas is going to be the second third that Kahanim use. And the third third in Cheshivas is going to be the final one that's used for all of Kla Yisrael. So says Ruchim Fishel. So in other words, the reason why the Rasag says that the Ikra Mitzvah is for the third in the Chayel 
is because that was the one that was used for the most of things. The Gamnir, and he makes another point, not only was that third used for the most of things, the Gamnir, it also would seem, that the main reason why you even really needed a Paraduma was for those two primary things, making sure the Kain Gadol on Yom Kippur is Tahar, and making sure the Kain making the new Paraduma is Tahar. Why? If an av- says, say, he says something like this, because Mishnah had Yaitim because if an, let's say an average kain becomes tummy, okay, so it, it, the, the world doesn't end. There's other kahanim that can take his place. And if some kain becomes tummy, you could find other kahanim to take his place. So having paraduma prepared to, to purify kahanim. You can live without it. One kind becomes tamay, another kind can take care, can take care of his avayda. The Yisraelim, and now he says a, a little cheshbon, he says even when it comes to Yisraelim, so also we can live without a paraduma. Ay, how can you live without a paraduma? Avol pishin eschay v'kulam kol shana lasis ha-pesach. Kalah Yisrael needs to bring in karm pesach. To bring in karm pesach, you have to be tar. Ulach, like to eat it, there's mitzvahs be oil regal three times a year to go to Beis Hamikdash. Obviously, you have to be tar for that. So, how could you get away with not having a paraduma for that? So he says, "Kvar kosva taisvus v'psachim." It's a sheet of taisvus in Mesachas p'sachim, a chiddush. And many achreinim happens to be that they they question the source of this taisvus, but taisvus does say it. The misha ein lekarka patmi pesach umeriya. That if a Jew does not have any karka, doesn't own any real estate, so then that such a Jew is putter from Karm Pesach and putter from being Euler Regal. Tysus makes drushes to prove such a thing. Vim Kane. Well, if that's true, then someone that finds himself Tameh and it's coming close to Pesach or a Yantiv that has to be Euler Regal, so he doesn't necessarily have to have a Parduma. Why? He could easily get out of the whole Chiyav of Karm Pesach to begin with, or to get out of the Chiyav of going to Beis How? Yiboy, Mafkir Nichse. He could, he could be mafkir, all of his nechassim. He has, he has real estate, he has properties, he could be mafkir. And if he's mafkir, he's not chayiv in current pesos, not chayiv in being oil regal. So says Rabbi Yechon so the third that's used to, to bring tar to the kahanim, it's not super necessary. Another kind can take care of it. I've, and even the third that, that's needed to be matar Yisraelim, so it's also not super necessary. The Yisraelim can, can finagle themselves to become potter from Karm Pesach and to be other regal, that they don't need to become tar to begin with. So really, says Rehuch Official, the only third, the only things that you, that you desperately need paraduma for is Kongel Ufurim Kippur, because there's, only one, that, that, there's no other option, and to, and, and to be matar, the Kayan, to make another paraduma, also no other option. But uh, everything else is really unnecessary. Vimkeni, vay mafkir nichsev, ve'elam hecher kokach li'tarim tumasam. So, Mimela, the average Yisrael, since he could avoid being chayv in a Karm Pesach, or be avoid being chayv and being other regal, so uh, it's not necessary. So now it can make a lot of sense why Rav Sajigayin is only counting that third as the mitzvah. That the Iker mitzvah is really for the third that's kept as a mishmeris. Because that's used for Kahanam Gedailim. Because they, they, they mamish need the Paraduma. And that's, a, that's, a, that's a something that, that, uh, that you have to use Paraduma for. You can't, you can't avoid it. That's his, uh, that's his insight. Yeah. Why is the fact that there's ways to avoid it where you don't need to take away from the fact that that's. I mean, it's, it's a, a good question. question. You cannot, right, theoretically, not 
So right, so it's, so he, so so you're right. So it's the the so the way the, the way Rabbi Yochum Fischel seems to be learning is that Rosh doesn't mean to say, and he even he even hints to this at the last at the last line over there. That Rosh doesn't mean to say that the other thirds are not part of the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to make up paraduma, but for whatever reason, Rosh wants to highlight which third is the ikker third of this mitzvah, and to that he says it's the third that's in the chayel because that's the third that's used for things you know, that uh, are absolutely necessary and then maybe that's going to be the ikr mitzvah but you're right, the, the other ones are still functional, I mean they, maybe they're not as chash of a function or they're not as nece- necessary a function but, but the, the aside is, what he, what he's, what he, what the way Rabbi Rucham Fischl is learning is that Rosh is not fundamentally disagreeing with the Rambam. The Rambam categorizes the mitzvah of Paraduma is ashes prepared for use. And Rosh is agreeing to that. But Rosh is just focusing on the third that, is, that, 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 that its use is the most chashiv and the most vital. But you're right, the aside of the mitzvah is ashes for use. Now, I, again, first of all, I guess there's a number of problems that come with this. First of all, like why is Rishadji going making making it more complicated? It's para para duma. Okay, so I understand that if you compare and contrast these thirds, this third, the use of this third is more chashev and more vital, more necessary. But why are you bechlal dividing it up like that? I mean, like, well, like why do that? It doesn't seem to be necessary bechlal. And, and, and again, also Rishadji going in a sefer mitzvahs is always dealing with. Explaining the mitzvah, especially when you're defining a mitzvah, you're defining it on a derisa level. On a derisa level, <coughs> it doesn't seem to be. It doesn't seem to be that it has to be divided into these three parts. This was. It's hard to know exactly what the source is. Certainly, from a derisa level, there has to be some paraduma set as a mishmeris. But to say that this was a unique, independent third. That doesn't it doesn't have to be like that. So for the Rasadji going again, to, to why is he focusing on the Mishmaris part? It still is unclear. And and the, and the truth is, uh, the truth is more than that. The fact that that let's go back. So the Rash, for example, and Rashi, those were the Rishonim that that their their Yerucham officials coming from. That they were the Rishonim that said that. Uh, that to sprinkle the kain gadol before Yom Kippur, or a kain making a new paraduma, they would use from that third. Why? The Rash and Rashi just the reason why they said that is because of a practical issue. It's like how do I know, how do I where, where am I getting paraduma from a thousand years ago? So the answer is oh, happens to be there's a third which is stam lumishbaris. So you have now a supply of a thousand year old paraduma. But, the, but, but it's not the shot that that third was designated for these purposes. The reason why you had that third just sitting in the chayel is because there was a din, that there, was, that there should be some section, some percentage of the paraduma that's just sitting here. Now it happens to be once you have a percentage of the paraduma that's sitting here, so I can use a little tiny piece of it, because there's going to be a percentage remaining after I take a little tiny piece of it out, I could use a tiny piece of that out to sprinkle on the kain gadol, because the kain gadol has to be sprinkled from a paraduma from a thousand years ago. So, but, but, but on a derisa level, if you want to really define the purpose of that third, the purpose of that third is not to sprinkle the kain gadol. And it's not to sprinkle the kain for the next paraduma. The purpose of that third is l'mishmeres, so that it should sit there. It's just there was a side question, which is, happens to be there's another halacha, which is a kain before Yom Kippur, and a kain before Paraduma, 
makes a new paraduma, has to be sprinkled from all the old paradumas to ever exist. So I asked the Rosh, and asked Rashi, where am I getting old paradumas from? Oh, the answer is Otaka. In the Chayil, there's a section of paraduma ashes that are supposed to, that, that, that have to just sit there untouched. And so that could be, if I, you know, take a little uh, corner off of it, that could be, the rest can, can fulfill that requirement. And that could be my secret stash of old paradumas. But that's not why it's there. It happens to be a side benefit that now I know where I can find old paradum ashes. But why is it there? What it's there is simply to not be used. It's there to be a mishmeris. So, to, so when Rav Sajigun, again, is defining the mitzvah for Medaraisa, and he defines the mitzvah, the mitzvah is the ikr, the section that's the mishmeris. On a Daraisa level, the, the, that, that category that's called the mishmeris, the fact that it's used for kain gadols, that, that's, that's secondary. That's not the main point of what it is. So again, the whole reason why, the, why Rabbi Sajigayin would be focusing on this particular section of ashes that's used for the most chashavah purpose is uh, uh, difficult to understand. And, and second of all, that category, that section, that's not its purpose. That's not its purpose. Its purpose is to sit there. Again, there could be, now that it's sitting there, uh, you know, I, I, could, I could slowly but surely over the years, like, you know, uh, siphon off from that supply for, for a purpose, which is called making sure the Kayin Gadol and the Kayin are uh, sprinkled with old ashes from old, par, uh, old paradumas. But that's not, that's not what it's for. So to say that when says, the reason why he's categorizing that section, that the section that's lemishmeres b'teder is because of its function. That function that the Rash and Rashi says it was used for was not its primary function. That's adra, but when they took a little piece off of that section to use for the kain gadol, that w- they were depleting the supply of mishmeres, and, 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 and whatever piece they took off was not lemishmeres b'teder. So it's like to, so again, the Rash b'pasha seems to be saying, not like the Raman fundamentally, that the Raman fundamentally said the mitzvah paraduma is. Ashes to be used for tahara. And that's all the sections of the paraduma, maybe now. It could be the section for using for Yisraelim, the section for Kanim, and maybe the Mishmaris also could be used, uh, you could siphon off for other, for other purposes, whatever. But, but uh, Rasajagain would see, the Pashas of Rasajagain seems to be saying, which is again what Rabbi Yochan Fischl is trying to avoid. But the Pashas is that Rasajagain seems to be learning that the mitzvah of paraduma, the, 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 the usage of the paraduma, in terms of actually practically bringing tahara, it's not a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah. It's halacha, it's a din, it's true, and it could be, it could be uh, vital, it could be necessary, but there's no mitzvah to prepare a paraduma to have ashes to be used for tahara. Rather, the ikr mitzvah is what? Is to process a paraduma for the ashes just to sit there. That's, what, that's the pashas of what Sajigan is saying. <coughs> and again, the reason why he wouldn't say that is again going back to what I said before, which is that there is no mitzvah to become tar per se, and the, the, there's no the, the, you know again if a person becomes tamid they don't have to become tar. It's true. Rav Yochum Fischel did point out that there are two scenarios where where paraduma was necessary, the kain gadol for Yom Kippur, right, and uh, preparing a kain for a new paraduma, but even that is only because we're chayshish that he's tamay. It's not, it's not like me'ikra din, you know. 
It's because we know that there's a concern of tahar, of tum in the world. So Mamela, you do the paradumot. It's not uh, you know, again, it's 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 vaiter a toitzah, it's a result of there being this phenomenon of of possible tumma. But there should be a mitzvah in taryag of preparing paraduma, or Sajagan seems to learn that again, it's it's not so much for the practical tahara, but it's just this Indian of Mishmaris, which again needs an explanation. Paraduma is, is for tahara, so it's uh, Again, Mishmeris would would be Sai Gzir Sakasif. Okay. Yeah. Just to understand, like, is there a Musig of, like, if you already have 10 Paradumas and you have more than enough stash for the last 2,000 years, if there's still an Indian of making Paradumas, like, even so, that would seem to indicate, like, again, like maybe Rebbechum is saying, is that it's not, it's not, there's nothing to do with the Maisa Tahara Shabbat. I mean, that isn't, wouldn't that point also... Yeah, yeah, it's another good point. It's another good point, right? I guess, I guess the counter-argument could be, like, you never know, maybe there'll be, uh, you know, uh, a huge amount of tumma soon and people will need it, but you're right, then I mean, like, if the mitzvah was preparing ashes for the purposes of tahara, like actual practical use, then maybe there's a limit, how much you need? But the fact that every part of that's available, there's mitzvah to process, maybe means that there's taka like your that uh, there's an Indian of just having... Ashes of Parduma sitting there. You can make that point for sure. Okay, so let's, let's, so let's think about it in the other way. Um, if you take a look at Marmokka number 9, we'll skip Marmokka number 8, it's not necessary for now. Um, so it's like this, Marmokka number 9. So this is the Rambam in Hilchas Paraduma, Paragimel Halachadalad. The Rambam over here in Paragimel Halachadalad is this, this discussing this idea of the of the, uh, whatchamacallit, of the ashes of the Paraduma being divided into different sections and so on. So he says like this, So again, going back to that, that third, that third that's kept in the Chayel, it was designated and prepared, it was just uh, kept as a Mishmeris, just sitting there. That, that means that every Paraduma that's made, a section has to be, at least uh, some percentage has to be taken and, uh, and removed and, 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 and separated. <coughs> By the way, just B'derach Agav, the Rambam, again, not, there's other Rambams that, that are make it more clear. The Rambam happens to be that he disagrees with the Rash and Rashi. He says that that third that was kept in the Chai was untouched. Not, it wasn't used for anything. You couldn't go and take a little piece off uh, for a Kain Gadol for this. It was Mamash untouched. And to, and to prepare for a Kain Gadol, or, or a Kain that's making new Paraduma, they would, have to, they would have to keep something from old Paradumas in the other thirds. But, uh, but that third, that was Lamishmeris, is Lamishmeris. So then the Ram continues. And you should know that they would also keep, again, in the Chayel, uh, a, a section, a, a percentage of all the old Paradumas that were ever made. The Teisha Paras Adumas Nasu. And says the Ram, you should know, historically, there were nine Paradumas in Jewish history. Mishnitztav mitzvah from the time that we were commanded in this mitzvah at shachar b'ayis at b'shniya until the korban b'ayis sheni, and he says the whole thing. Rishayna asa Moshe Rabbeinu. The first one was made by Moshe. Shniya asa Ezra. Ezra Seifer made the second one. The Sheva me Ezra at korban b'ayis seven paradumas from Ezra until the end of the korban b'ayis migdash. So that's eight altogether, right? One Moshe, one Ezra, and seven after that till the korban b'ayis migdash. That's that's. Um, that's, uh, that's nine. And the tenth one will be made by Mashiach. He should be revealed very quickly. That's the Rambam. Now there's a number of problems with this Rambam. First of all, 
what do I need to know this historical fact of how many Pardumas there were? Now the truth is, the, the Ram is not making this up. It's coming from the Mishnah of Paraduma. So the Mishnah records it. Now, the, the truth is, Mishnayis record uh, historical events. Mishnayis called stories. They, they, they record all sorts of things. So for a Mishnah to record a historical phenomenon, that there were ten Paradumas in Klaizos history, nine until now, and tenth with Mashiach, okay, Mishnayis do that. But the Rambam, every single word in the Rambam is Halach Lamaisa. What, what do we need to know that there were nine Paradumas so far, and the tenth is going to be with the coming of Mashiach? Number one. Number two, why would the Rambam, why does the Rambam feel compelled to say at the very end, Meher Yigola? Meher Yigola. Stam, mention Mashiach, Meher Yimeinu Amein. Like, why, why, why do you have the Rambam? Again, every word is halacha. So the truth is, a lot of Acharim do point this out, that you see from this a halacha, which is that you mention Mashiach, you have to it's, be misspelled that it should be Meher. But again, why here? Why here? Why Vashkach Arpat is over here in Yilchas Paraduma? And more than that, the Rambam in the, the, the Rambam take the, the, uh, like I said this idea of the Paraduma that there were nine altogether and ten with Mashiach again it's it's from Mishnayis and Paraduma, <coughs> but the context of when the Mishnah mentions this in Maseches Para is not the same context as what the Rambam is saying over here. The Mishnah Maseches Para talks about this. It, men, it makes this historical point in a practical context. Because the mission over there is saying the following idea. It's talking about that, again, like, I, like I've been saying, that every kind gadol for Yom Kippur, or a kind before making a new paraduma, has to be sprinkled with all the old paradumas, says the Mishnah. And let's say they didn't have all the paradumas. Let's say they only had eight. So the Mishnah says that you do eight. And if let's say you don't have all eight, you have seven, then you do seven. You know, seven, six, and so on. And the Mishnah says, where am I coming up with these numbers from? Eight, nine, what am I talking about? So it says the Mishnah, because you should know that there's been nine paradumas in Jewish history, and the tenth will be with Mashiach. So the reason why the Mishnah lists the numbers nine is because it's talking about the halacha that you have to sprinkle on the Kain Gadol and so on with all paradumas. And its point is, if you don't have all nine, eight, seven, six, five, and so on. The Rambam, if that's where the Rambam applied this Mishnah, this halacha, that would kind of make sense too. Because the Ram would just be modeling the Mishnah in, in Para. But the Ram does, he takes the idea that the Mishnah in Para says and, a, and puts it in a, in a halacha that's, uh, that's irrelevant. The, the Rambam puts this not in the halacha of, of, of sprinkling the ashes on a new Kain Gadol, Bafirim Kippur, or, or for a new Paraduma. He's talking about the halacha of when a Paraduma is made, take a percentage of those ashes and put it in the Chayah. If they did that or not in Paraduma number five, that has. What, what, what does it do with... I, there's nothing I can do about it. The Ram, the, what's the Ram is saying? That you should know. In every paradum is processed, a, per, a per, percentage of it is placed in the Chayel. And they did that with every kind God, with, with every paraduma. They did that with Moshe Rabbein's paraduma. They did that with Ezra's. And altogether, there were nine paradumas so far. Lamai nafkamina. What are you telling me this for? And let's say, let's say, they, let's say uh, in paraduma number eight, they didn't do that. Now, what am I supposed to do now? I don't have to, like, it's enough nafkamina. Again, in the, in the Mishnah, the Mishnah used this historical process for something practical to tell me that if you didn't have, all, if you didn't use all nine, then you're okay. But that's not the halacha that Ram is, 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 is using this in context of. The halacha that Ram is using this in context of is this idea of taking a percentage of the Efer Parah and keeping it designated separately. The fact that they did this nine times, this, it's irrelevant for this halacha. There's nothing, there's nothing added in this, uh, there's, uh, there's nothing added by knowing this right now. So, so the, the, the only reason to know this is for another halacha, that when you're sprinkling the Kain Gadol 
with all the Efer Paras, you should know, in the Chayil you'll find some of all Paradumas. But that's not where the Raman puts it. That's where the Mishnah and Parah puts it. But that's not where the Raman puts it. So the Raman is, is just... Is just it, well, the Raman seems... In other words, from this, the Raman want, just wants us to know this idea. That's the point. Even if it doesn't have any practical application in the context of where the Raman places it. The Raman just wants us to know that there's an Indian of ashes being placed in the Mishmeres, and in that context you have to know that over there in the Chayil, there's a Mishmeres of all Paradumas, and that's also going to be where the tenth Paraduma is going to be, with the coming of Mashiach, Meher Yigala. What's the, what's the message over here? What's the point? <coughs> okay, so we have no choice. Paraduma is the Chayik, Sisri Tyre, so you have to, you have no choice, you have to talk about that a little bit. There's a there's a, an unbelievable. Um, I, I've quoted this this before, but it's just every time I look at it, it's mamish like it's unbelievable. We have in the in the writings of the Rachel and Sefer that we have. Uh, it's one of the volumes of the Rachel, the the green ones, you know, Eitzris Rachel. So over there by a Friedlander. So over there, there's something that's called Drush Be'inin Hakivoy, a drush that the Rachel wrote regarding hope, hope, and it's a whole tire that the uh, that the Rachel wrote regarding hope. And it's an unbelievable thing. Let, 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 let's explain. Tumas Mace, Tumas Mace, that a paraduma is coming to be from, the tumma that a paraduma is metara from is a tumma that comes from death, right? Death is described in Chumash, even in the very beginning, the, the, when Adam and Chavah sinned and they came and they were punished with mortality, the punishment of death is also coupled with sadness. Right? When a person in passes away, there's a mis of Avelos, which is an end of sadness. Misa, there's a certain hopelessness and a yish that is one in, one in, uh, completely one with the end of death itself. Death, death means yish. Death means yish. Death, death, death results in absolute despair and absolute, you know, hopelessness. And in the nefesh, that's what you, that's what misa is. Tumas, Tumas Meis is. Rabbi Nachman writes this in a few places. That Tumas Meis is the tumma of yish. It is the tumma of hopelessness. The secret of what's the secret of paraduma? The secret of paraduma. Is as we're going to see in a second from the Rachel. The secret of Paraduma is the Indian of hope. That that's the site of Paraduma. That's the Indian of Paraduma. Paraduma is Natire Tumas Mace, because the Indian of Paraduma is to, again, not, not, we don't necessarily. It's it's not like uh, something that we could explain. It's a site, but the 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 Nefesh that's awakened, that's aroused, that's resurrected by the Bechina, by the Indian of Paraduma, is this Indian of hope. Now, to give, to give a deeper root of where this is coming from, so uh, you know, I mentioned this many, many times, the, the Arizal said that in the beginning, right before Maiseh Breshis, Atuhu Atshali Nivra Oilam, the Rabbani Shalom existed before the world, right? And so, <coughs> before creation, all there was was the infinite light of the Rabbani Shalom, Chai Vakayim, the Rabbani Shalom is alive, the Rabbani Shalom is alive, Chai Vakayim. 
what was the first, what, how did creation take place? So again, without explaining, but the, the reason I said, the way, the, the way creation took place is through an inyan of the Rabbani Shalom Kivyachal, Kivyachal, hiding, concealing, constricting himself, creating a halal upon it, with the way the Rizal describes the mashal, that the Rizal describes is, is, a, is, a, is a, a sphere, an empty sphere. An empty sphere. And in, it, in this empty sphere, what is, what is there? All the, all the um, raw material, so to speak, for finite reality. Now, finite reality is... Hopeless. Hopeless. Because finite reality means, by its very definition, finite. means it has a gvul. It means you know your limit. And there's nothing beyond your limit. So this halal aponoi is the root of all that is dead. Of all that is dead. Of all that is finite. Of all that is hopeless. And this is why it's in the shape of a circle. As we'll see from it for a second, by, in a second by the Ramchal. A circle means... I mean, it's, it's funny, because sometimes a circle can, dis, can be a description, even the Rizal also uses this in that context, a re, a, the circle can be a, 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 a shape that's reflective of some somewhat infinite. But uh, paradoxically, and very often it's like this in Yiddishkeit, but paradoxically, igulim, the ending of a circle in this context also means something that's closed. There's nowhere else to go. It doesn't, it doesn't grow, it doesn't increase. All everything, the, the two ends are bound to each other. In other words, does is does. So, <clears throat> to a certain degree, that shape of a circle is reflective of the of the finality of it. Of like, it's not going anywhere. There's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to increase. Thus, you know, offer atav the circle of life. The circle of life is not a, a not a happy. That's not a happy circle. That means <laughs> beginning and ends are, are finished. You're stuck in that loop. So the Rizal said, but the amazing mystery that t- took place in the next moment is, the Rizal said, the Rabbanu Shalom, then the infinite, the, the, the Rabbanu Shalom Kivyachal took a ray of infinite light that preceded that circle, a kav, that's the language of the Rizal, a kav, that descends into that sphere of, of feninity, that sphere of, of hopelessness, and that kav enters in, and that kav introduces into that place of finite a memory, a, a, a sense of infinite. Now, it's not infinite, but al kopanim it, it reintroduces into that sphere just enough of a taste, of a shirayim of what, of what was, in order, to, in order to produce life and an arena in which there could be true Avaidus Hashem. And as we're taught in Sifr Chassidus, the, the, the ultimate purpose of Avaidus Hashem is to transcend the circle itself and to return Kivyachal to a certain degree to what was even before the Tzimtzum, even before the constriction. And to return to truly experience infinite. This is something that we've talked about many, many times. In, in, you know, let's say, you know, the Indian of... of uh, you know, the, the famous mashal that I mentioned from, from the Balatanya of, of wine poured out of a barrel and then ultimately being poured back into the barrel. The tachlis of Avadis Hashem, and this is a big yisad in Sefer Chassidus in, in, in the Pinim Satira, and it's not something that you necessarily find openly and clearly in the Kisviari, but in Alpi Chassidus, this is how it's understood, is that creation as we, life as we know it, is a result of the introduction of that kav to that sphere. But that's only to allow Avadis Hashem. 
once we are now engaged in reality, in that, because of that union, now our avayda begins, and our avayda is to bring, is to go deeper than, than, and to go higher than just that kav. So in other words, in other words, what we're saying is, is that the union of that kav being introduced into that circle is what? It's just to give hope. It's just to give hope. The life that, that is in that circle is a life that's hopeless, a life that is meaningless, a life that cannot move beyond itself. It's completely finite. And the goal is, and, 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 and what we have to get, what the Rabbanu wants is, Adra, we want Yidin, and we want to avoid this Hashem in that sphere, to believe and to know and to actually accomplish that they, that beyond those limits. How do we transition? How do we get the, the reality of that Simpson, the reality of that sphere, to buy into Avodah Hashem, to then bring them to transcend all limitations by introducing them, by introducing into that circle, into that sphere, the Kav. And what the Kav does is that it doesn't take everything all the way to the highest place, but it gives hope. It gives, it gives reality as it's created by that sphere, which is limited and finite, it gives it a hope and, a, and a, it gives it, based on a distant memory of what was, but it gives it a hope and a belief that it can transcend its boundaries. In other words, the inyan of the kav is the inyan of tikva. And tikva hopefulness is what brings things out of death back into life. It brings things out of death back into life. It, it, is, it is the source within which all finite reality that is existing within this space of the Chalala Panoi is able to function properly, healthfully, happily in a way that will bring them to an even higher place than the Chalala Panoi. But in order for them to engage in Avedis Hashem to bring them to a higher place than the Chalala Panoi, they have to have hope. They have to believe in, in their potential to get beyond the Chalalapani. And what allows them to have that hope is the Kav that descends into the Chalalapani. Is this, is this clear? So in other words, in, the, what, 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 in this language, in other words, what we're doing is as follows. We're taking that description of Darizal, of an empty space with a ray of light in it, and then everything, everything all all elements are created off of that. What we're, what we're, what we're, what we're, what that is only stage one of the process. Al-Bichasidis were taught that the stage two is, okay, now that you exist in this empty space and you're being enlivened by that ray of, of, of the, by the Kav, now what are you doing? What's your purpose? Well, Al-Bichasidis were taught that well, the purpose is to now do mitzvahs and maizim taivim and to draw into reality something that's much deeper than just that Kav, really mamish to experience what was before the entire constriction itself. But because you went through life in that sphere of constriction, as a finite entity, when, you're, when, you, when you return to that ocean of infinity, there's enough of you to experience the delight of that, of that, of that ocean. That's the Yisrael that we've mentioned many, many times. That's, that's what you see in Chassidus. Translating that into the nefesh. Translating that into nefesh, what it means is as follows, is that that sphere, the existence of that empty space, is a feeling of hopelessness. And helplessness, like this, I'm stuck. Whatever the is that you're stuck in, that's called experiencing life just as that empty, the chalala ponoi. And then, but the tachlis is to break through whatever the mini is. And that would be described as getting past the chalala ponoi and returning to the ocean of infinite that came before the constriction. But how do you break through that mini? 
Well, what you have to have, what you have to have before, in order to break through that mania, is hope in your ability to break through that mania. And you have to believe in yourself and believe in the possibility of you breaking through that mania to then break through it. That's called the kav entering the chalalaponi. And so you have three stages. You have the chalalaponi, that's called hopelessness. You have the kav entering into the chalalaponi, that's called tikva, that's called hope. And now you could actually do your avoida, which is called transcending and, and, and returning to the infinite light of the Rabbanu Shalom that came before the Chalalapone. That's called breaking through the Maniya. This, 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 this is true in the Nefesh and this is true in, in, in spiritual history. This Chalalapone, the Kav, and then Avodis Hashem for 6,000 years and so on eventually leads to us being able to transcend the Chalalapone and to return to the ocean of infinite that was. You follow this? And this is the inn of the paraduma. The paraduma is the kav entering the chalalapane. The whole inn of the paraduma is tchiyas amesim. Once you become tar with the paraduma, now your avayda begins. So, so the person is tummy with tumas meis. Tummy with tumas meis means that they're stuck in helplessness and hopelessness. They're stuck in the chalalapane. And what they need to do is to bring a carbon based amigdash. They need to eat truma. They need to be bringing karm pesach. They need to break through that mania. But in order to break through that mania, they first need to have hope to resurrect themselves. They need to have the kav enter into their chalalapone to give them hopefulness. That's what the paraduma is. The whole secret of the paraduma is to make the Jewish nefesh hopeful in its, in its possibility of being able to get through its manias. That's exactly what the paraduma is about. And because of this, the paraduma is a secret, it's a sight, it's matame satayrim, umatara satameim. Hope is, is a phenomenon that requires a mania, right? So it's like, to be hopeful, like you don't want to be hopeful, because to be hopeful means that there's something that, that, that you're lacking and you're hoping to get it. Well, I'd rather just, just have it. So hope itself is something that, both, that, that, that is both positive and has a negative connotation at the same time. Because hope means that you don't have what you want, but at least you're hopeful that you can get it. It's, 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 it's something, it's, it's within the, 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 the dimension of the Chalal Ha'panoi, but al Kalpanim, it gives the reality of the Chalal Ha'panoi a, a, a strength to get over itself and to get beyond itself. That's called tikva. that's called hope. That's the secret of the Paraduma. Because of this, let's translate this in Halacha. Because of this, the inning of the Paraduma is, says Rabbeinu Sajigah, and again, it's, it's still a Pella, but Rabbeinu Sajigah is saying that the Iker Mitzvah is not so much the ashes that are used to be Mitahar, but it's, it's, it's the ashes that are designated, that are always sitting there, that are always sitting there as a, as, as a link in this historical chain that continues on. This is why the Rambam mentions to us Specifically, that it's important to know in Hilchas Paraduma. It's important to know that there were ten Paradumas, and in, in, there there are ten, right? And uh, there was by Moshe Rabbeinu, Ezra, and another seven, and so on. And there'll be a tenth with Mashiach Meheri <coughs> This Indian of having the, these connections of Paraduma is connect. It, it's 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 reflective of the side of the Kav. Because what's a line? A line is one. One, it's something that's, that's running through time. 
a, a, a line through, uh, through history is the Pardumas. All the Pardumas are a direct line running through Jewish history from Moshe Rabbeinu all the way to Yemaisa Mashiach. Why is, that, why is that fundamental in, not only for us to know, but in Mitzvah's Paraduma, again, because what Rav Sadiq is saying is that the fundamental Mitzvah Paraduma is Davka, that part of the Paraduma, that's not necessarily practical for Yankel and, 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 and Shmerel, but it's the part of the Paraduma that is there, along with all the other Paradumas, that's going to be there for all the future Paradumas. The whole Indian Paraduma, the Mitzvah Paraduma, is to, is to create, is to reflect this Kav, this line that descends through the Chalal Ponoi, and just as it descends in space through the Chalal Ponoi, it descends through time, through Jewish history. Jewish history is also something that is Kivyachal, that seems to be dead, and seems to be lifeless. There's such a thing as Yeridah Sadaris. Things, things are stuck. You're stuck in, uh, you know, Ein kol chadish tachas Hashem, said. Masha what was is going to be. History is like a loop, it repeats itself. But this Indian of a Kav that, that runs through history, that's the Indian of the Kav that goes to the Chalal Pani, and that is the secret, that is the secret of Paraduma. Therefore, the Indian of Paraduma is itself the site of hope, and therefore part of Paraduma is, to, is, as the Raman points out, that the tenth one is going to be with Mashiach, Meher Yagola. Because the Indian of hoping for Mashiach, that's, that's the Indian of Paraduma. Because the whole Indian of Paraduma is, is, the, is the site of hope. And hope is the Indian of this Kav, and that's what the kav is—that line that 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 travels through a a a you know it travels through space and conceptually travels through time and it travels through the nefesh. So the the hopefulness that the Rambam describes in in the last one being Mashiach Meheri Yagala, that is that is the line traveling in the nefesh. Similar to the line traveling through Jewish history of Moshe and Ezra and seven and nine and so on, and so and coming from the the kav going through the chalalaponi in space, huh? Yeah, very good. It's kept in the in the in the in the, in the, the and the chayil is again the word chal is the chalalaponi with a yud in the middle, right? The yud is that nakuda, that nakuda of, of hope. That's the the kav that's that's reflected in the uh, in the chalalaponi. That's the set of hope. Other places, though, the Yeshua and Eagle is also the Yeshua is always the Mokhmah, but the Rav saying yeah. that the Eagle just seems as the higher Bechina. It's static, but it's higher Bechina. So, this is, so this, uh, so I'll tell you the truth. This is something that, that threw me, uh, it, it confused me a lot because uh, years ago, so I didn't have a background in, in real Prima Satires, I learned Sivir Chasidis. And in Chasidis, the term Igulim is always associated with a makif, surrounding, like there's, there's two terms in, in this form. You'll find or makif, a surrounding light. And or makif always means encompassing infinite, it's a mila. Or makif is a mila, right? And then you have another term that's, that, that this form used, which is called igulam and yoish. So there's, there's two, there's two, uh, uh, two pa- parallel languages. Or makif or pnimi, Right, surrounding light, inner light. Armakif is greater. Arpinim is more constricted, and then you have igulim, circles, and yoisher, lines. And in 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 Chassidus, like Rabbi in many many places, in Chabad Chassidus also, they're they're interchangeable. Igulim is gavaldik. Uh, that's like an armakif, and yoisher is more constricted. It's like an arpinim. But in the Kisviari, 
these are two different languages. There's a, there's a lot of Torah we have. That's a discussion itself. Where Chassidus is coming from and, and, the, and these relationships. But in, in classic terminology of Arizal, Igulim and Yoisher is something else. Igulim is reflective of what we're talking about, this closed circuit, Yish, you can't, you're stuck in it. Uh, you know, uh, um, you know, every, every, like, 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 you know, one way to think of it is like, like the, the carbon that we're made of, it's like always been here, always will be here. It's just comes and goes. That's what Alessian talks about. He goes into a little bit. It's like the same mentality. Say it again. Right. Right. Oh, he, right. He says. He says. Kama roiv of zara kadosh and kisveri is not talking about igulim. It's always about yosher because yosher is where the avoid is. So th- this term again, it's in parentheses over here, but it's coming from that. It's a difference in terminology. But let let, let let's just finish off quickly before it uh, before it gets. Oh, it's already super late. But okay, let's just finish off. So it's just a couple lines in the Ramchal Marmok number ten. Jush Akiva again. It's just beautiful. We're not going to explain it, but these are the words. Lishuas lekivisi Hashem. Right. That's the pasuk. In Parshas Vayechi, Reishis Habriya Betikva, the beginning of creation is Betikvas with hope. Shakal Tachtoyim Mitzapim L'Shifas Alyonim. All lower reality is waiting and hopeful for the Hashpah coming from above. Aidei Tefila Ishir Ksev Reishis Baralikim Ain Reishis El Tikva. So new drasha Ain Reishis El Tikva Ain Hatsimsim Asui Ki Mitzapay Sheyichnas By Kav Ain Tzayf Baruchu. The whole meaning of the of the Tzimsim, the empty space is just to, to prepare it for the kav to enter. And this kav means hopefulness. That's everything we're talking about. The beginning is, is called Yer Hashem. Yer Hashem means you need, you're desperate, you need. And that's, that's, why, you're, that's why you're in a state of Yer. The beginning of the Rebbe wisdom is and so on and so forth. Kivoy means a reflection of the kav that keeps on going, that has potential vaiter. But a circle means constricted, closed, not going anywhere. That's the site of Igul and No, that's the site of Paraduma. When Rabbi Nachman said, you know, Ein liyayish, ein liyayish, it's an avo- the avoid of Ein liyayish is the avoid of Paraduma. That's taharas. That's taharas. Tumas meis is this Indian of tikva. Once you have that hope, now you could now you could bring korban pesach. Now you could do your avoda and you could get out of. You can almost go to infinite, but you have to have that hope initially. Okay, which was to become hopeful and which was like